this is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Ladies, this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there, someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of the trauma of her early years, she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello. Happy day. (laughs) Happy day to you. If I sound a little out of breath, it's because I am. I forgot to... um, bring my laptop up to my office so that I can actually communicate with um, my TogiNet staff, with my buddy Roy, and uh, I ran downstairs to get it (laughs) while I was listening to the intro. So um, I'll have to catch my breath as I'm talking and as I'm trying to log in. But um, I just wanted to say hey to all of you all. It's been a few weeks. We had time off because of the holiday season. For us, that included um, a wonderful, wonderful nativity um, celebration. I always tell you all what's going on with me. My girls, which would be my daughter and my grandbaby, uh, came up for the uh, nativity season, and um, we just had a wonderful time. We got to decorate the house because I didn't even get my decorations up this year until two days before the 25th. And so I told my daughter that um, that would be something great that we could do together and the grandbaby could enjoy and pitch in and so we um got to decorate the house i wanted to do something different um like last year i believe it was that my daughter had a taste for um mexican food for the thanksgiving holiday well this time i made enchiladas um refried beans and rice um and was that it? Yeah, I think that was it. And I made some of that just to have at the house for us to eat on, you know, while we were at the house. And we agreed to go out to one of Chris and I's favorite spots. Um, we used to go to this place in Chesapeake called The Rod and The Real. And we would go there on special occasions to have little getaways and and, uh, you know, they had a wonderful buffet that we used to go to on the weekends sometimes. And so fortunately, um, they've done some renovations out there and some remodeling. And um, they were having a beautiful um, Christmas meal, um, Christmas meal. They didn't have the buffet. 
like they uh, used to because of, you know, the the precautions and whatnot. But um, we just really enjoyed ourselves. We went and had a wonderful meal. Um, we walked out. Uh, on the boardwalk, so to speak, after we ate and we took pictures. And it was so awesome because while we were there, excuse me, while we were there, they even had um, uh, one of the hosts, he was going around to the tables and he was letting us all know because we set out on the water, okay, we set, we set out where you could look out on the water, I should say. This place is located right there on the Chesapeake Bay. So you could look out on the water, beautiful spot. And he said, look, we've never had this happen before. A rainbow was sitting out over the water. Now, it wasn't raining. It had not rained. And there was this beautiful, beautiful, radiant rainbow. And it was just um, special to us because as Christians and as believers, we know that God gave mankind the rainbow as a sign of his covenant to mankind. And he said that he would never destroy the earth again by water, by water, by flood, Um uh, like the devil does, you know, he has um, tried to hijack that symbol, and others have used it to represent ungodliness and ungodly behaviors and ungodly lifestyles. Um, but that's not what the rainbow was all about. Um, the fact, you know, the ungodly behaviors and the ungodly lifestyles are what cause the flood of Noah's day to begin with. So we knew that, and we know that, and we still know the truth. So when that rainbow just popped up, it was just like, um, for for me, it just felt like, um, like God putting his stamp on the occasion, you know, just reminding us that he was, that he's with us. And uh, we should all feel that way whenever we see the signs in the heavens and a rainbow is one of the signs that, you know, God created. So um, take heart, people. Take heart. You know, pay attention to the signs and the seasons. Pay attention to um, the things that are happening in the atmosphere. Um, the other beautiful thing, well, before I say that, um, we had, that's how we finished up our night. We we finished up our night that way, and then the following day was uh, my birthday. It was the day the Lord allowed me to come into the earth, and I turned the big five nine. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of my age. I turned the big five nine. My girls were here with me for that, and I'm trying to remember what did we do. I think they actually had to get back on the road that day, but we all went to go and see um, Chris's graveside. Um, what do you call it? His headstone. Because my daughter and my grandbaby had not seen that. You know, they had not been, we had not been able to get out there um, since his headstone was placed. 
so we um, went out there, and I'm not one usually to frequent um, grave sites. Um, certain occasions will cause us to do that in the past, but I know that the loved one that we um, had is not in the grave, uh, so I'm never, I've never been one to really go there in order to feel close to my loved one. That's not what I do. But I was glad to, to be able to take my grandbaby and my daughter to check it out. And um, we put silk flowers, beautiful red and white uh, silk flowers, on the site. And I was glad that we did because oh, when we got there, it was a veterans' seminary. It was a veterans' cemetery. I'm sorry, I said seminary. It was a veterans' cemetery. And um, people had put beautiful wreaths on the majority of the grave sites. Um, They all didn't have them, but a lot of them had these beautiful wreaths with these red ribbons on them, and my hubbies did not have one. Um, I'm not sure if that had to do with the person receiving a Purple Heart or something like that, but um, I was glad that we went because then we were able to put something beautiful on his site, and it kind of caused him to blend in. his site, I should say, to to blend in. So that was just a wonderful time. And then, um, you know, of course, um, we had a wonderful meal while we were there, but we also were drinking our sparkling cider throughout the week, and we were enjoying our treats. I, I ordered some of my favorite treats at the holiday season, and those are called pedophores. I love my pedophores. I don't get them every year, but I ordered some so I could have some with the girls. Um, I love my sparkling cider. I even found this great selection of non-alcoholic wines. If you've been following me or listening to me, you know that Chris and I used to enjoy our non-alcoholic wine by Free, F-R-E. And this year, it just so happened that when I went to the place where I usually get it, they had an outstanding collection. They've never had that much of a collection before. But they had about, I don't know, five or six different kinds. And so I stocked up. I stocked up. I just basically filled up my um, my bar, if you will, my non-alcoholic bar. <laughs> they had some champagne. They had some Moscato. They had some sparkling uh, rose and some blush and just all kind of stuff. I said, okay, I'm not going to have to worry about buying this for a while. So we were sipping on those things and enjoying our popcorn. I usually buy one of those big cans of popcorn, and it has like three flavors. It has like um, the caramel flavor, the butter flavor, and the cheddar. And my grandbaby just couldn't wait for me to open that and We even got to sit and watch an old classic movie called um, It's a Wonderful Life, and I hadn't seen that in a long time, but it's like, wow, one of my family's favorites. So we just truly had a wonderful time of fellowship and family and love, and of course we um, sang Happy Birthday to the Lord, and um, I almost forgot, while we were at dinner... While we are at dinner, my grandbaby is a very good uh, uh, 
artist. She can draw. She's very crafty and creative. And so she was drawing pictures of me and her mommy. She just got inspired to do that on her own. So I said, why don't you draw a picture of Papa, you know, Chris? Uh Uh-oh, there's my cue. And I guess I better get in the cue so I can see the cues. I'll be back after the break, you guys. All (laughs) righty. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness to create soldiers for the army of the Lord and to impact our communities. We are home based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, Amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right. I am back. And I was telling you about my nativity celebration and the break time that I was away from you all. And I was just getting ready to tell you how um, I asked my grandbaby to draw a picture of her papa. And so I gave her my phone so she could look at a picture. And she drew a picture of her papa in a matter of minutes. That was so good. It was so good. And that was kind of like... One of the high, another highlight of the meal. Um, I have, I she drew it on a napkin. 
okay? We were trying to um, get the waiter to bring us some paper, and he was excellent, by the way. He was excellent and personable and just charming and funny and just he the lord just was with us he was just with us because we had a wonderful time out but he didn't get to us in time enough because my grandbaby just got inspired and she drew a wonderful picture of chris on a napkin and so we put the napkin on top of my coat where chris would have been sitting so we said great this is like papa's with us papa's with us so I just had to share that with you, too, and I just hope and pray that you all had a wonderful and a blessed nativity season. We topped off the um, the uh, New Year's Eve and the transition uh, to the new year, according to the Gregorian calendar, not God's calendar, but the Gregorian calendar, with a very um, jubilant praise and worship service. <clears throat> We did it through our online ministry, which is um, broadcast through Facebook, YouTube, and um, now I've even added my Orbeez. I have an Orbeez social media account that I've added to that um, to that platform. I have something called StreamYard now, and I can show all my social media videos on each platform at the same time. So if you're watching or listening, I should say, to me, make it a point to go to my show page. Go to my show page, because most of you listen through iTunes. Go to my show page, please. Click on the Facebook or the YouTube um, um, apps, what what do you call those things? You know, the click on those, and then you'll be able to see and hear the praise and worship service that we just did. And um, I'm thinking about whether or not I should connect those videos to my TogiNet show page or not. I think that's a new feature that we have access to. But anyway, I just wanted to catch you all up. I wanted to catch you all up. I may have missed some things, um, but we had a wonderful time. As we speak, um, we are, um, as we speak, I have like about (laughs) at least 12 inches of snow on the ground, probably more, (laughs) probably almost two feet on the ground. And um, it's a white winter over here, but God is good. God is good in spite of some of the challenges and some of the difficulties. God is good. So now that I've caught you up a little bit, I'm going to get into tonight's topic. And I'm going to say it off the top, off the cuff, that this may take me a couple of shows to complete. Okay? I'm calling this series transparency okay i'm going to be transparent with you all i always am i always am but this is a very personal and dear situation to my heart and i have been walking through this situation and dealing with this situation for years now literally years now and i have alluded to it and talked about different aspects of it different 
pieces of it over the years, but I've never just come out with 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 the whole deal with it because I, it was something that I was still walking through. It was something that Chris and I together were walking through. And uh, now that my hubby's gone, it's something that I'm having to finish up on my own, okay? And so um, most of you probably know by now that Chris passed away in in 2020, September 22, September 22 of 20, September 22 of the year 2020, Okay, but um, you, you, I'm sure you do not know um, because I didn't make it clear how much he and I suffered, um, how much abuse we suffered, how much rejection we suffered, and how that even escalated to outright slander and defamation of our character in our family, in our family, in our family church, Chris's parents' church, and it extended into our extended family and the community that had anything to do with the church and how I did not even know, you know, that might be uh, one of the reasons why I didn't talk about it in depth was because when the Lord is having you walk through a situation, you've got to walk through it a certain way, okay? You can't be whining and complaining, and you can't be, you know, just being a wuss about it. You've got to walk through it a certain way in order to get the victory over the situation, all right? But I did not even know. I knew some of the things that we had walked through were pretty tough. They had impacted us. They had affected us, you know, I knew that the enemy was trying to use these individuals um, to destroy us, to literally cause us to walk away from ministry, to cause us to quit serving the Lord. Um, That probably sounds strange since I'm talking about a church and since I'm talking about people that were professing to be believers. But like I've shared with you, even in my own personal life story, both of my parents, you know, I I learned about the Lord because my parents were professing Christians at one time because I grew up in a home where they uh, took us to church and taught us about the Lord. But they didn't stick with those principles. They didn't continue to live out those principles, and they opened doors that allowed Satan to come in and literally destroy our home that allowed alcoholism and allowed physical, mental, emotional, and even sexual abuse to take place in our home. So just because someone wears the title of Christian, just because they wear the title of a pastor or a bishop or some sort of a spiritual leader does not mean that they fulfill that title. Okay, and so um, this is what ended up being our circumstance. Uh, Chris's parents pastored a church. They founded the church, 
many, many years ago. Um, I believe it was in the 80s. Um, I, was it in the 89? It was either 89 or 90-something. I can't remember now. I probably have it written down in some fact um, someplace. Let me see here. I probably have it written down in some fact someplace. Oh, 1989. Yes. Okay. And um, they had done that many, many years ago, and they had gotten up in age. Um, by, by the time they requested our assistance, they were in their 70s, I believe, uh, because the church began to fail. The church was uh, literally failing. They had a handful of members there left, and some of them were some of the original founders of the church, but they were um, like-minded, and they were very um, religious, and they were much like our parents in that they taught the Word. They taught a version of the Word, but they didn't feel that they had to live it, and they weren't nice. They were mean and mean-spirited and just abusive, abusive. As I go through this series, I will probably talk about some more of the details of the abuse. But I did not even know to what extent. Um, I knew it was bad, but I didn't know to what extent that they despised me and that they despised Chris. I mean, this is... It turned out to be very traumatic for me when I discovered the extent of the mistreatment because it clearly manifested after Chris passed. When Chris passed away is when the truth was fully exposed. And, you know, death is already something that is difficult for the natural person, the, you know, for for you and me as as people to accept. Thank God that as a believer, we have strength and hope and comfort. I had strength and hope and comfort in the Lord, who carried me through that very difficult time and is continuing to carry me through. But the actions that took place by uh, our family, because I did claim them as my family at that time, um, our family and our church was very traumatic for me um, after Chris passed. That's what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight, and I'm going to be talking about how you overcome these types of traumas after the break. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. (laughs) A black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes 
dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A Black Nurse. <laughs> Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet.com, the show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. people. So I am talking about being transparent. I will be talking about deliverance again tonight because as I've been walking through this process since Chris's passing, I've had to revisit I've had to revisit some of the instructions that the Lord gave me many years ago. Um and that I write about in my book, Overcoming Sexual Abuse. The principles for deliverance and the steps for deliverance can be used for any for dealing with any kind of trauma. Okay? So although this situation is not directly, um, it's not directly a sexual abuse, situation. It was clearly a spiritual abuse situation. And these spiritual leaders even included the fact that I have sexual abuse in my history as a reason to slander me and to try to defame me and to try to discredit me. Okay. So it's still the, the fact that, um, that abuse that occurred in my life so many years ago and that the Lord delivered me from, uh, these individuals had knowledge of that information because I shared that information with my husband's um, mother who was the pastor. And when she saw fit, when she saw fit to to attempt to discredit me and to blackball me and um, her son because um, she she always made it a point to tell him that I was damaged goods and that I had a problem and that uh, something's wrong with me. Now, she never would have known about that abuse had I not shared and divulged that information, and I'm not ashamed of that, that that's how you get set free, 
That's one of the ways that you get set free from trauma is confessing it, is talking about it. And God has given me that to do, which is why I have written my books. It's why I share it with people like you because nobody needs to suffer in silence, okay? Nobody needs to carry that kind of shame, all right? Um, And that's one of the ways that you overcome that kind of trauma. So that part I am not ashamed of. But this pastor then would use that information. You know, in my book I even talk about how I say, um, let's see, since the release of my first book, The Story of Me, I have been persecuted, shunned, educated, strengthened, and supported in ways that only better prepared me for ministry to others in this area. But I can tell you that this experience was by far a part of that shunning and a part of that persecution, but it escalated to a point. It's it's been the worst. It's been the worst that I have ever had to walk through. Okay, because some of my previous persecution came from uh, family members when the book was first released. Uh, some of them uh, were, most of them were not professing to be Christians. Um, they were angry, you know, even though um, I released the book and I did it very respectfully and discreetly. You know, uh, I talk about that in the book, how people who are like-minded as the abusers in your life, they will not like it when you expose it. They will not like it. They will not sympathize with you because they are like-minded. They have similar issues to the one who did abuse you. Well, in this situation, these were people that were professing to be pastors and spiritual leaders and professing to be Christians. So for them to take that past and try to resurrect it and try to use it in a, you know, damaging way and to try to cause division in my home. You know, many of you, I'm sure, have heard stories about monster-in-laws and mother-in-laws, you know, and daughters and mother-in-laws not getting along and stuff. Well, you know, add that multiply that by a hundred and that's how bad and how tough and how rough this situation had been but but I'm not sharing this from a victim standpoint okay you've got to get my book because you'll understand better I am not sharing this from a victim standpoint. I am sharing it. I am being transparent so that I can do exactly what the book tells you to do. There's like one, 13 steps. There's 13 steps that I detail and I outline regarding the process of being delivered. In other words, the process of getting the victory over and being set free from any kind of abuse. In this book's case, it was sexual abuse, okay? And so I'm re-walking through these steps, but step number four, well, I don't want to skip around. Let me just say this. Step number one, I'm just going to give you the title, 
it says you ask yourself, let's see, how could your lifestyle or your actions have predisposed you to being sexually violated? And then it gives you examples of what that would be like, okay? So I've examined my lifestyle and Chris's lifestyle, and we moved to the East Coast after much prayer and after much consideration and the leading of the Lord because his parents begged us to come and to help them, okay? We knew that there would be some challenges. The Lord let us know that there would be some challenges. We just didn't realize to what extent, but we examined our lifestyle and we came in good faith and wanted to honor our parents, okay? The scriptures tell you to honor your mother and father, okay, so that your days may be long on the land that the Lord gives you. So it it was not an, a question of our lifestyle or our actions um, playing a negative part in this. We did it in obedience, to the Lord. And there was a tremendous need. They did need help. The church was in bad shape and um, they needed help. But when God began to move and began to breathe life into the church and began to use me and my husband to bring that about, then um, the enemy came in. The enemy came in and caused jealousy and cause strife and division and caused these individuals to begin to feel threatened, to feel threatened by our presence, though they were the ones who asked us to actually come and help, okay? Step number two, are you rebellious toward the statutes and commandments of God found in his word concerning parental Relations, marriage relations, his church, chastity, virtue, modesty, taking care of your home, your gifting and your talents. If so, repent. Well, things were so bad at times that there were, you know, it was it, it was out of our love and our respect for our parents that we came, knowing that we were going to face persecution. Um. But things were so bad and so rough at times that I did have to repent. I did have to ask the Lord to forgive me because the process was very difficult. It was very, very painful and very difficult. It wasn't easy. And um, I have talked about some of the situations in the past where things got really, really bad. Um, And one of them was when we first arrived here, on the East Coast, after being uh, begged to come, after literally being begged to come, our mother told us that um, she had prepared our um, rooms. They owned a separate home, and they rented that home out to uh, others, other, other people over the years. And they even requested help with that home. They said they were getting up in age and they needed help with that home. They had sons that were already living here, mind you, that um, 
were not helping them manage the home. Um, the the they were not helping them manage the home uh, properly. So it was quite a surprise when we traveled across the country. We packed up our life, gave up a job. I both of us gave up jobs. I gave up a job making over seventy thousand a year. My husband was retired military, so he had his retirement, but he also had a job that he actually loved in the funeral business. And we gave it up to serve the Lord, okay? Can you imagine our surprise when we got here after this pastor told us that she had prepared our rooms and everything was ready for us? And when we got here, and the rooms were literally, um, one room was, was okay. It was livable. It wasn't nice, but it was livable. The other room was not even vacated yet. It wasn't vacated, and that wasn't the worst part. It was not livable. I mean, it literally had urine stains and smells and feces stains and droppings and paint peeling off the walls and water stains in the walls and rusted tub and rusted toilet and um, uh, belongings were still in that room when we got here. I mean, it was not sanitary. It was not livable. That was like the first shock. But the way God is, he had even warned me about that while we were on the road traveling. He'd even warned me about that so that I wouldn't be just totally shocked. Okay, I was shocked, but he braced me. (laughs) And I'll pick that up after the break. Okay. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page Amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. 
Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Tugginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, I am talking about being transparent. The show is called Transparency. And I am talking about deliverance because this is something that a situation that I have had to walk through and had to um, live with for years now. And it finally culminated. It finally culminated into a very um, traumatic experience, primarily because um, of my husband's passing of my wonderful hubby's passing. And so now, you know, I I have learned to take, you know, because God does this with us, to take what the enemy means for evil, to take what he means for evil and let God turn it around for something good. And so um, some of you may be thinking, well, you know, it's not very Christian to share these things publicly. As a matter of fact, um, this is how I found out how bad. I, I knew that I had been blackballed. I knew that we had been blackballed. We knew that the family members had shunned us and distanced us and stuff, but we didn't ever fully understand why. And the way I found out was after Chris passed, one of his relatives that... Um, we barely, he knew her from childhood, but he hadn't been around her in many, many, many years. And she was not a part of his, our circle. Um, she was not close to him. Our kids didn't even know her, but one of his relatives actually saw a post that I made on my Facebook page one night when I was really, really missing Chris and I was sharing some excerpts from my journal and one of the things that I shared I did I wasn't doing it in a malicious way I was just sharing my personal thoughts and I was saying as though I was writing to him and I was saying uh, that I had heard from um, some of his family and that I was surprised to hear from them because of how I, I didn't say why I said you you know why you know why 
because I wasn't trying to put all our personal business out there like that, but I said, you know why. And then I said, um, I also heard, I said, some of them are not doing very well right now. Um, And I said, I heard from some of my family also, and my family is also not doing very well, so I'm praying for our family members. And then I went on to say some other things, but it was as I was sharing some notes from my journal. And this particular family member, who I may have seen once, maybe twice in 20-something years, responded to my Facebook post because we we did have, Chris and I both had um, friends, friend, friends, friend status, if you will, with different family members, even though we weren't close to them, okay? You know how people do. They send you a request, and it's just something to do or whatever, whatever. Well, this person decided to come and respond to my post and began to tell me off and began to tell me that I was, uh, um, I can't even remember some of the stuff that she said, but it was just like, you are just a nasty person and this and that and the other. And and I was like kind of shocked. I was like, now, now I have to be honest and say, too, that before I posted it, I did have this feeling in my gut like, you know what, you probably shouldn't post this even though you're posting it innocently and even though you're not posting it and giving any details, I had this feeling like his family members probably wouldn't like it. I should I say our family members because I accepted his family as my family. But at the time, I I I rebelled against that thought, and I said, you know what? I have a right to post this. I'm I'm. I'm walking through my grief, and I don't have people close to me and that live close to me that I can talk to these, talk to them about these sorts of things. Uh, my daughter lives in North Carolina. She and I have been very, 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 you know, we've drawn even closer since then. But at the moment, I was just feeling uh, like I needed to reach out and share what I was going through. So the Lord, again, He warned me, just like He warned me when I was traveling across country. Um, about what I was going to face when we got here as far as the condition of the home. The the Spirit of the Lord actually spoke to me, and he said, that is not your home. He warned me ahead of time, and I felt in my spirit like, okay, something was going to be wrong when we got here. And boy, was it. Okay, I'm bouncing back and forth between two stories. So this woman began to tell me off and tell me how much of a horrible person person I was and and I responded in shock I was like asking her why are you saying these things what what is what is the problem why are you even saying these things and she said something about putting the family business out there and I said but you know I didn't say anything really I I said I made a comment about my own family as well and it was surface it wasn't even details and and uh I apologized to her if it if it upset her. I said that you know I wasn't trying to upset anyone. I was just trying to share what I'm going through. I mean, here I lost my hubby, and this was I lost Chris in September, October, November, December, January, February, March. It was about seven months later. Okay, this was in May, 
and she just continued to talk trash about me. So because the Lord had already warned me, I said, okay, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. You did warn me not to do it. I pushed over it. So I I modified my post, my Facebook post. I just took out the line that mentioned their family at all, even though it wasn't anything explicit, just to keep the peace, just to keep the peace. And I actually invited her to talk with me about it. I said, tell me, you know, call me, tell me, you know, let's talk about it and help me understand, you know, why this made you so upset. And she didn't call me, but I called her because the Bible tells you if you have an odd against someone or if you know that you offended someone, that you go to that person and you try to make amends. You try to fix the situation, okay? And so I called her. And it went from bad to worse because she was not in the mood to talk or iron anything out. She actually began to tell me all the hateful, horrible, evil things that his family had been saying about me for years. And I tell you, that really, really wounded me. It really provoked me. I felt provoked. I felt angry. I felt offended. I was like, my goodness, I don't even know. I told her, I don't even know you. I don't even know you. I haven't spent any time around you. Chris has never even really spent any time around you. You don't even know us. So what you think you know about us, I realized, was coming from Chris's mother, this pastor. This pastor who had been slandering us for years, and it finally clicked. This is why the family was so distant from us and so cold, and that we would only see them on certain occasions, and that we couldn't have a closeness and the things that we desired and tried and tried and tried to have with them. It finally hit me, the totality of the slander and the defamation. And that was only just a drop in the bucket of what we had already been walking through, okay? So that prompted me to take some extra steps. I had to repent, first of all, for going against that inner thought then I apologized to this woman, even though she literally cussed me out. I apologized to her and told her that it was never my intention to cause her or her family any discomfort. But I also let her know that she had no clue as to what she was talking about, that everything that she was basing her opinion upon was based on lies and was based on twisting things and twisting facts, and that, you know, it's 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 wise to get to know a person before you judge a person or to at least talk to them and try to get an understanding for she let me know she didn't have to do that she could she could tell that i was passive aggressive and this and that and the other and i was just all these horrible things just through listening to someone else okay and none of those things were true about me or my husband, my Chris, would not even be with a woman who was the way she was describing me. So I'm running out of time here. 
and I'm going to have to pick this up, and I knew that this would take more than one show to do. We are on step number two that I was talking about in terms of deliverance. Step number three um, is asking, are you walking in the Spirit and according to the spiritual laws of God? And that was what I had to examine, okay? When I made that decision to make that post, I had to repent because I went outside of what the Lord was prompting me about. Okay, but step number four says you must tell someone. You must confess, you must cry out, you must expose the sin and the violation for what it is. And that is actually where I'm at in this deliverance process, okay? I'm exposing by telling the truth. I'm exposing by exposing the enemy and telling the truth. My side of the situation, I have already gone to all of these individuals that are involved and hashed this out with them the best that I could, and so now I'm exposing the truth. Okay? To be continued, I hope you got something out of this. Until the next time, love y'all. Bye-bye. <laughs> 